Welcome to X-Rated Movies. I'm one half of your host and team, Matthew Fisher. And the other half, Ryan Whedon. And uh, before we get to anything, I just want to say right now, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our Patreon. Oh. Uh, getting the sword topic of coin out early. I just, uh, we got like a couple subscribers like all at once, and it's like, it's been like a month or two since we've got one, and I am feeling like that, like that the, the withdrawal yeah. of it. And uh, I, I need that rush of endorphins again. You're going to get so much stuff if you subscribe right now, including all of our Christmas episodes. I just finished doing our Showgirls episode. It's an hour and a half of us talking shop about Showgirls. And, of course, you get two or so episodes every month that it's uh, Patreon only. That's true. Usually little quick and dirties or little one-offs or, or, or little passion projects. Right. So uh, I just wanted to do that at the top of the show because uh, uh, I've been missing it lately. Yeah, I need to see that that email of a new Patreon. And you know what? We also haven't uh, gotten a review in a while, so those are also fun. That's a great free way to support if you if you can't support monetarily through Patreon. Uh, give us a review. Let us know what you think. Let us know you're listening. I wouldn't even mind if your review was "I am listening." <laughs> Five stars. We have the most colorful listeners. <laughs> I am a listener. Uh, how are you, Ryan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. hanging in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a little adventure today, didn't oh, you? Oh, I had an adventure. It was kind of fun. A little harrowing, but... Really? <laughs> well, just because... Uh, so, uh, I mean... Today's movie, which we will get to the title. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be totally circumspect. We never about say it. it in the intro part. Uh, was unstreamable, and I couldn't get a copy from the library because the library didn't have it, and I couldn't find a pirated copy online, or at least one that wasn't any good. So at that point, that's when I reach out to you, saying I'm going to have to borrow your DVD that you rented, and you said, "Oh, <laughs> I got a Blu-ray." And uh, currently, I do not have a Blu-ray player, so that was a that was a stumbling block. Yeah, li- little little road bump. But uh, you had a, f- a spare Blu-ray player, and yeah, you said, "Well, I- I'll just bring that with the with the Blu-ray, and you, you can know, plug I've, it I've in." You know, I've talked about going to Ocean Shores before. Uh, I watched Tears and Laughter out there. That's right, that's uh, right. Watched the apartment out there. You know, yeah, a perfect getaway. A perfect getaway. Yes, mm-hmm. that that was one from out there. And the last time that we went, my friend Devin, friend of the pod, uh, he was on the Above the Law right. episode. Devin Sheridan. He had like a PS3 or something with him, and we were using that for our Blu-ray player, and it broke while we were out there, and he had to like pry it open to get his Indiana Jones Blu-ray out. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, it was bad. So like we uh, drove like the 20 miles to like a Walmart and I bought like a $50 Blu-ray player while we were out there. And so I had this spare one just kind of kicking around my house for a little while. And I was like, I'm sure it's still good. Give it to Ryan. Well, it did work with my monitor, which was my first fear. So mm-hmm. I just plugged in the cable. It worked. Unfortunately, it was unable to read the Blu-ray. Which I don't want to say that, that that makes sense. But when I picked this up at Scarecrow the other day, the packaging on this Blu-ray, it was like picking out some forbidden novel at a, at a, in like the dark corner of a library there was like a sound and like some dust well, came yeah, out uh, the, the packaging was thick and arty like it, it was mm. it was heavy it had heft okay. to it 
Uh, it was made of human skin. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a Necronomicon type thing. Oh wow! Uh, but no, it, like it came in like sturdy packaging and just had like a, a sort of fabricy style cover to it. Like it was a whole like art ordeal. Okay. So like when you said that, like it wouldn't play on this like old like Walmart Blu-ray player, I was like, you know, that makes sense. It was a little sad. I felt bad, but. The only the, the show must go on. Yeah, though. and and by the way, we're we're doing this just peek behind the curtain time schedule wise. I watched it today, so yeah. this is all happening today. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, the mere clock, hours ago, the clock is ticking. <laughs> like I gotta watch this two hour movie. Uh, so I texted you, said, "What are we gonna do?" You said, "I'll give you my keys. You can go to my place," mm-hmm. which is what I did. And and my place is is a bit labyrinthian. And so I'm like, oh, God, he's going to get lost in the parking garage. <laughs> I was glad I had been there before for the Angels in Marathon. Uh-huh. So I had an idea of where to go. It's just like there's so many little things, like even just like the way my door unlocks. I was like, I could see him not getting in. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck getting all the way there and like not being able to open the door. There were, I pushed, when I went to the elevator, uh, the first elevator that opened, some guys came out with like little dollies and I started to go in, and he goes, oh, yeah, that elevator's locked. We're moving. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what am I supposed to do then? <laughs> <laughs> so I just pushed the button again, and then the other elevator came. Yeah. But for, yeah, yeah. for a while there, I was like, I don't know what to do. You have to walk up 13 yeah, floors. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, where's the stairs? But no, yeah, I got to your place. I got the, the uh, Blu-ray up and running just fine. I had some volume issues Yeah. Um, with, uh, I didn't understand your remote. Uh Figured it out, though, eventually. <laughs> when the movie was over. When the credits were rolling. By the time, yeah. By the time it was over. It was a little loud, and I went to turn it down, and I couldn't figure it out, and I ended up turning it up accidentally <laughs> a couple times. And um, we'll get to it. There's a lot of screaming in this movie. Yeah. So I was a little worried about your neighbors calling the police. I got good, thick concrete walls, though. Okay, good. And, uh, yeah, you put your feet up and drank all my beer, and uh, then you That's came right. back to your place. Yeah, I'm wasted. <laughs> That said, I have not had my normal amount of time to digest and uh, research. Yeah, see, you you say that like you watch, you, you've never cut it this close, but I'm almost positive that there's movies that like you showed up late for recording because the movie was longer than you expected. I mean, that sounds like <laughs> me, but I I don't remember doing that. Like. It, it, in fact, I think it's happened so much that I can't think of one specific example because it's like they were all that way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, usually I'm very thorough. He's a good man and thorough. I do my work ahead of time. Yeah. Not, I didn't have an opportunity to do that. I mean, we, I literally finished well, watching the movie maybe an hour before we started recording. So uh, I need Dindin. You didn't eat Dindin? No, I had to eat it. Oh. I prioritized that over researching. Well, luckily, you already have a sound drop for the director's name. Oh, good. Because you had to use it once in an episode. <gasps> I don't remember the episode. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> but it was when we talked about a uh, friend of the pod, Patreon extra, Alex Ramirez. Ah. Because he sent a clip of this movie to me. That's right. Where there's director commentary, and uh, it's a, a famous screamy scene. <laughs> And the director is saying, he's like, you know, I don't think this is any worse than, uh, you know, having to pretend to be attracted to Michael Douglas. <laughs> That's right. And you dropped in like a, a little sound drop of the director's name. 
let's try to get through the whole episode without saying the name <laughs> of the movie or any of the specific actors or the director. This will be a fun challenge. Should we also not directly reference any events in the movie? Yeah, let's be vague. <laughs> Today's movie is Ownership. <laughs> Very uh, uh, acrimonious ownership, yeah. shall we say. Why didn't they call it acrimonious ownership? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, no, today's movie is the 1981 yeah. cult horror classic Possession. I'm not going to try and categorize this movie. It is a little bit everything. Yeah, I initially watched it in October a couple of years ago, 2013 or 2014, I want to say, as part of like a horror marathon with Devin Sheridan, friend of the pod. And Name Jack twice. Yeah. And when we watched it, we're just like, yeah, that was good, like to great. But, like, was it really a horror movie? Which is how this is categorized. And if you watch the trailer, it kind of makes it look like a Suspiria sort of horror movie. I can see that. Sam Neill. Heinz Bennett. Two men. And a woman no man could ever possess. The way that, like, the narrator in the trailer's talking makes it sound like, you know, it's sort of a horror thriller sort of thing. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's a apt categorization for this film. It's, uh... Ugh. Have you ever, like, leafed through a recipe book and you see something and you're like, what the fuck? And you, and you read all the ingredients and you're like, okay, I know what those are, but I've never put them all together. I don't know how this ends up being a stew, <laughs> but... <laughs> it's a recipe for, like, a balmy trout bisque. Yeah, yeah. You're like, like well, I guess that's food. Okay. I mean, I, each of these is individually great, I, but I wouldn't even know how to go about cooking it. And you're like cardamom and turmeric <laughs> in a chowder. <laughs> okay, recipe. <laughs> I'll try it. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this because there were so many times where I'm like, oh, okay. I guess now it's a alien invasion movie. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the oh fuck, I forgot his name, but uh, the effects designer on oh, this mm-hmm. is the same guy who designed ET. Yeah, and the alien, and yeah, the or the the, the xenomorph, the xenomorph, like he jumped off H.R. Geiger's designs. Yeah, or but, he did, yeah he did like the, the he actually made the animatronics for it. Right, like right, yeah. and like the aliens in in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Like oh. he's multiple Academy Award winner. Good creature effects. Yeah. I like them. <laughs> but it, this is one of those movies that's like, it's sort of a rule breaker. Like, I always say that, like, you know, you got, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to set up the rules of your movie that <laughs> we accept dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, but if they showed up in Schindler's List, it would be madness. Uh-huh. And, like, this, like, there's really nothing in the first 10, 15 minutes that prepares you or even like sets the table for what happens in like the last 45 minutes of this movie yeah it becomes sort of like a a, a david cronenberg body horror yeah a little bit <laughs> a little bit and yeah there's or the thing maybe even something 
it's cool how it's shown. I liked how it's like you just sort of see it through a doorway, sure, from a distance, like and you're in like, the what, dark. What is that? You don't know, and, the, and he like reveals it slowly. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I mean, capital D directing going on here. I like, mean, to a fault. This I'm guy say. does not want to keep the camera still for a second. <sighs> Matt has a very large screen at his house. I was dizzy. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Oh, the first one when it, when it's uh, Sam Neill in that room, like getting debriefed on some like oh the spy stuff. I don't even know, but it's like it's a huge empty room with just one table, four guys sitting on one side, Sam Neill sitting on the other, and they're just doing it. And the camera just is going around and around. Them. Well, like the very first scene where it's him and Isabella and Johnny like kind of talking, like the way that we talk about a movie in our opening banter, like referencing things and talking around the topic but without actually ever saying what the situation is yeah and they're like outside the apartment complex and like the camera starts like way off to the left and then does like a big circular lateral tracking shot to like the other side and uh even then i was just like it's just two people talking like that's all this shot is but it feels so big and dizzying just the way it's like I don't want to say it's like a wide angle lens. I don't I don't know what lens was being used, but it just it looks oppressive and it's like spinning around them. It's like yeah. huh? they're just talking. <laughs> this is like I I feel like Michael Bay saw this movie and was like I want to do that all the time. All the time. And this uh, movie kind of has that like oh, spinning camera. It was like let it rest for a minute. And I mean it I mean also this movie is just sort of relentless in its emotional rawness oh I, I did forget to mention happy valentine's day everyone oh yeah why did you uh, want this as your valentine's day movie uh well you know in the great pantheon of x-rated valentine's movies like i wanted to pick something like when you pick the apartment something romantic mm-hmm. this is about a real life couple trying to make it work I, it starts with them getting divorced well, they're, like, doing a separation. Well, they have been separated, and they're going to, like, try spending the night, and then it cuts to them in the bed, and, like, they tried something, and it's not working. Whatever they tried. <laughs> you, you accidentally stuck it in her urethra. <laughs> yeah, so, so something... We're not totally sure. Like, it doesn't strike me necessarily as, like, impotence. It's just, like, whatever he was doing was not turning her on. <laughs> So, so yes, uh, uh, I guess. Okay, honestly, I don't know what to think of this movie. Sure. So, uh, I'm hoping talking through it will kind of help. I, I assume it's sort of on, at its roots, it's a breakup movie. Sure. Like, when I looked through some, like, letterbox reviews of this, a lot of people said, like, oh, this reminded me of, like, my parents' divorce. Okay. Uh, or, like, how they would fight, like, while they were getting divorced. And, like, Sam Neill, even though he's, like not happy with uh isabel on johnny he certainly isn't happy without her like mm-hmm. uh, oh that scene the three weeks that he spent in a hotel a- alone drinking sweating through a sport coat <laughs> in jeans Ugh. How, how long have i how long have i been here three weeks sir there's a he lot was of pathetic. moisture in this movie. Like, a lot of things are wet in here. Yeah, that's true. So he goes home, and he finds his kid, like, all a mess. Yeah. Like, jam all over his face, stained T-shirt. And the kid says that he's been alone. He doesn't know how long. 
And but I mean, Sam Neill's been gone for three weeks, and then his mother uh, is gone as well. I should get their names. All right, Sam Neill's Mark, Isabel's Anna, Mark, and, Anna, and the kid's George or something. Bob, Bob. So Bob the kid, Bob the kid. I was like, yeah, I, I, I was convinced at first. I was like, Bob must be the the uh, other man. Mm-hmm. That's Heinrich. That's, that's Heinrich. I was like, oh, Bob. We'll the get kid. to Heinrich. <laughs> yeah, Heinrich's that. That's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> so. Yeah, he returns home, and Anna has been gone for a long time. We don't know exactly how long, because Mark has also been gone for three weeks. Yeah. But the kid has had to fend for himself for a long time. He's basically just eating, like, jam directly out of the jar. And, yeah. Uh, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's... it, And that's, like, a scene where, it, like, it does feel calm, like the camera's not moving. Sure. It's just right there. And it's, like, a very intimate thing, because it's, like... Sam Neill, Mark, as much as like he like doesn't know what to do with himself, he does kind of pull it together for the kid. Like he shows up and he's still a parent to Bob. Yeah, he probably smelled terrible. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, Bob <laughs> and uh, Mark. Uh, I was I was expecting the kid to be like, "You smell worse than me." <laughs> Could be. Here's my enormous boat. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave him the boat? I couldn't remember that. Uh, Uncle Heinrich. Oh, Heinrich. Okay, yeah. yeah. That seems like a Heinrich-style gift. So, Anna comes home. They have a little slap and tickle, minus the tickle. They're fighting. Whew. Yeah. It's you always know, yelling. You know, Sam Neill, once again, typecast as the husband that no wife wants to be married to. Is this the hottest he's ever been? Well, this is the youngest he's ever been in a movie that we've covered. Boy, I was. But it's like this, Dead Calm, Jurassic Park, The Piano. Like, he's always worried that his wife doesn't love him. And, like, three out of four times he's right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It was it was distracting. I thought he was super hot in this movie. Yeah, he was good looking. You get to see his butt. You do, and you get to see a shaded version of his... There's a suggestion mm-hmm. of, of Panine. I'm not giving it the cha-ching. <laughs> I didn't see Dick. Yeah, no, it's I not... I saw it's, shadows. It's not cha-ching worthy, mm-hmm. for, for sure, but his butt's there. Yeah. His booty's on, on, on full display. Yeah. I don't know, something about his weird, his like 80s haircut, too, was working for me. I don't know. I was into it. But yeah, so that scene where he takes off the kid's dirty shirt gets mirrored later when Sam Neill is all bloody and... Anna takes his shirt off. Mm. There's something. So here's something I noticed. Like there's like some uh, infantilizing of Mark because there's that part where he's sitting at that tiny table that Bob was eating at. Oh, yeah. And then like it gets mirrored later when she takes off his shirt to take care of him because he's a mess. Oh, see, there's also like uh, infantilizing of her because like we see Mark like when he takes Bob's shirt off and kind of hold him a little bit, the same posture is used really shortly after when Anna and Mark go to bed and like she takes off her shirt and he holds, and he holds her and then she starts like crying oh. on his shoulder. So it's like, yeah, it, it gets mirrored there too. I don't know what he's trying to say with it, but something's there. Yeah. There's it, like, it was a decision. Like uh-huh. it was very purposeful, but I mean, we don't know, I don't think specifically why their marriage isn't working, 
like we get the idea that part of it's sexual but like is it just you know he's square she's circle or uh you know we don't know what but he also says he like went away to the war so to speak well i mean this does take place in east berlin i thought they're in west berlin no west is the free part of berlin yeah i thought that's that looked like the free part to me no they weren't in the free part were they i think so i thought they were in the captive part i feel like east berlin wouldn't have toasters and electric knives and why wouldn't they have toasters fancy uh couches and lights and things like that like this felt too fancy like it didn't feel communist to me. their cold sterile apartments looked fancy to you decorated wise yeah oh boy the, everything looks so cold and unemotional i just naturally assumed that it was all communist <sighs> all right well also something something berlin wall <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> unpack that at some point yeah i mean you see the berlin wall you see guards on it there's graffiti all yeah, over it the starts place. with a picture of, or a shot of the berlin wall so yeah and then it comes back later uh some of the the like the city shots were really like enticing to me like yeah when that like private detective is following anna Mm. uh to like her little like rundown apartment i mean this is another thing like that apartment was a shithole like that would not pass like code in capitalist society but it was right on the border of the wall does that make a difference i don't think so (laughs) like maybe but it's just like the paint was chipping away. Although I will say, beautifully high ceilings. No, no, no. She's in a grocery store. She's in like a crazy. There's that scene where when he is following her, there's like that cool shot of him like looking in through the window as she's like in a grocery store. Did they have grocery stores like that in East Berlin? Well, no, no, no. What I'm thinking is like when she's like running, like she thinks that somebody's following her, so like she runs. Right. To her just apartment. Be, I'm talking just before this. Well, I mean, they had grocery stores in communist districts. It wasn't waiting in line for bread? I mean, yeah, they probably would be waiting in line. I don't know. I guess what variety of, of, like, pickles did they have? Like, did they just have, like, the one, like, state pickle? Or did they have a whole variety of pickles? Yeah, see, we don't know. But just, like, the cobblestone streets and, like, the way that, like, the the housing, they're just, like, packed together. Yeah, it looks like a wall. It does look like a wall. And just, like like black cobblestones with just like the black exterior like it, it, but like against like a big white sky mm-hmm. like i don't know a lot of that those shots i'm just like this is a shot this is yeah oh this yeah this is a scene great cinematography but like they get into that apartment and it's like the doors are fucking like 12 feet tall yeah and then the ceilings are massive i kind of love like the architecture it's just it kind of looks like a shithole too like wallpapers peeling it looks filthy it just looks old and run down and unkempt but the architecture looks great yeah i liked the look of that building particularly the way it's shot like right next to the wall it just i don't know it looked really good um will you even be letting them film in east berlin i'm sorry can we settle this (laughs) well according to this crooked marquee article it is in west berlin okay 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 you know what let's keep it ambiguous we'll, we'll see which way it fits better into whatever analysis we show up with i mean it, it could be either west does actually have like a thematic 
harmony with the movie as you know this is like two or at least one person like trying to break free of something Mm -hmm. so being like that close to the wall and like right on the other side of freedom as like you know she's filing for divorce right as she's you know taking a new and exotic lover (laughs) (laughs) it's one way to put it so she absconds for a while and sam neil's like you know where did you go where were you and uh she's cagey about it and she's like i was coming right back (laughs) He feels that it's like, oh, he, she must have been off with Heinrich, uh, the the lover that I know that she's taken. Mm-hmm. So when I'm she, gonna go confront him. Yeah, when she when she disappears again, she says that she's at Margie's. Who did you recognize the actress? Oh no, it's a uh, uh, Marguerite Chastenson, aka Petra von Kant. <gasps> Stop! Yeah, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. That was Peter von Kant, the little redheaded friend. I love it. So, With her boot, her, her, her yeah, broken her, ankle. Yeah, her cast. Yeah. <gasps> That's very exciting. Yes, 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 yes. So she says that she's at Margie's. Margie's like, no, I haven't seen her in a while, and I miss her. And he's like, you must be at Heinrich's. So then he goes to confront Heinrich, who, you know, sort of a textbook Lothario in a, you know, in a way, in a, in a certain quadrant. What a weirdo. <laughs> well, he opens the door and his shirt's like unbuttoned. And like, immediately like goes to, to make out with them, basically. <laughs> Is it to make out with them? He's just being very new agey about his... Very touchy-feely. He's very touchy-feely. Like, even to like so far as like rub Sam Neill's pecs. <laughs> it's just... He's very sexual in nature. Yeah. He's the Samantha of this universe. He can't, he can't help himself. Uh, and quite honestly, with the Sam Neill and Lynn's in this movie, <laughs> you'd be hopping on that Jurassic Park too. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like to see my Dilophosaur? <laughs> oh boy, the Dilophosaurus is the one that like went <laughs> like my dick does, <laughs> and it also spits out poisonous ink. Exactly. <laughs> I just picked it because it sounded like dick, and also it's the gay one. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is the gay one. So, And your dick also kills uh, uh, Nedry. That's right. Ah, 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 you didn't say the magic word. So Sam Neill, like, doesn't quite believe Heinrich, and, like, some sort of confrontation happens between the two, and we find out that Heinrich's some sort of martial arts master. Yeah! <laughs> A lot of, like, the little jujitsu moves, I can believe, like, him, you know, dodging a punch. Like, he's got, like, a zen-like nature to him a little bit. Yeah. So, like, I can see him being a peaceful warrior. It's really, like, when he, like, winds his leg up. Like, I mean, it's like a pitcher about to, like, throw a ball. Like, uh-huh. he's like, and uh, da bam <laughs> <laughs> He also kind of does, like, a, a Matrix pose after one of them. Like, almost ready to do, like, a... Come here. Come here. <laughs> Morpheus <laughs> style. Yeah. Out of the blue. Uh, this movie's really good at like out of the blue. Oh, now this is <laughs> this is a thing. Well, like he yeah, like we're nothing in this movie makes me think that we're in for like a martial arts <laughs> fight. Oh, I was ready for it though. <laughs> like once it happened, you're like, okay. I buy it. Yeah, it is believable since uh, how weird Heinrich is. It's like, yeah, he probably learned karate somewhere along the line or something oh uh we did miss one thing that i do want to talk about a little bit um where they're at like the restaurant uh oh yeah oh that's harrowing sam neil is saying 
the terms of the divorce and he's like i don't want to see bob ever uh it's just i i don't want to be this like part-time dad like i'm open to having full custody but like i'm not going to do like part-time custody or, or anything like that but like the way that it's shot i'm just like this is how you shoot a scene because like the camera's stationary and the walls in this restaurant are all mirrors sam neil's sitting at a table and he's like ordered like a you know some pellegrino or something reasonably you expect isabella to like come and like sit down across from him but she sits at the table next to him but it's around the corner yeah so she's she's like 270 degrees away from him yeah so they're not looking at each other they're close proximity wise Mm -hmm. but they're looking away from each other they're faced away from each other and the way because it's like a corner of the mirror it just there's a line between them and it's just like oh these people are not on the same page yeah like i don't need to know what the situation is like i can look and see that these people must know each other for sitting that close to one another but they're not seen eye to eye yeah and they have that little fight scene and like samuel like freaks the fuck out and all those cooks have to subdue him that's very memorable just like the amount of damage he's doing Shares to, to, and to the uh, property damage he's doing there it's like uh, michael gambon in the cook the thief his wife and her lover yeah oh you only get one take of that yeah i know he's gonna he ruined a lot of chairs with that one take but yeah the, it was just like stationary shot and like she comes in and sits down and i'm just like we absolutely know the dynamic of these characters and where they stand with one another i like, like it I like perfectly it. a lot of good blocking kind of in general which this podcast stands for anything besides getting Dick Smith's name out there for makeup effects. I think the next thing should be creative blocking goes so far. Like take the time to figure out your blocking to have it say what you want it to say. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I just feel like there was like a lot of several scenes where they're fighting in the kitchen and it's the tiniest kitchen. Mm-hmm. So like, it feels claustrophobic when they're fighting. There's that one scene where she just keeps saying, excuse me, because like she's like trying to cook while they're like fighting. There's no space in that kitchen. Yeah, and it, that, it just adds to the tension and like claustrophobia of it. And so like, because he has to move to exactly where she needs to get to next, like that's all just blocking. Like he's in her way mm-hmm. is sort of the vibe you're getting. Well, like the scene where she's like cutting the meat with that meat cutter, it, it's like, the because they're fighting while she's cutting the meat, like at least my instinct is like she's gonna cut herself like accidentally because like oh, while fighting. Yeah. And then the like, grinder was even worse. I was like, oh fuck, yeah, now the, she's it, really gonna cut herself. Yeah, and I was like, oh god, we're the meat grinder. What's gonna happen <laughs> here? And then it kind of defies expectations where she just like like gets at her wit's end and like takes the meat cutter and puts it to her neck. <laughs> It's like the whole build up to this is like you think she's going to accidentally cut herself with something and then she just does it on purpose. Yeah. But yeah, and it's in that tiny kitchen and they're just yelling at each other. And it's just, I mean, it is a lot. Like this movie is not easy to watch. Definitely not. Definitely not. I was a little worried that like for whatever reason you wouldn't be able to get in my place or you might not be able to work the TV. And then you sent me that screenshot uh, or a picture with, the the menu on the tv yeah. and you're like i'm in uh and i 
messaged you back, enjoy. I saw that in quotations. Quotation marks, because it's, it's one of those movies. Yeah, I, I don't think at any point you could say this movie's fun. Mm. I don't want to say it's completely humorless. Like, it is a little funny when Heinrich, like, winds up for the kick. There's little things that are a little funny. And I don't know. I feel like that must be intentional. Like, he's not all sour grapes. Yeah. I don't but know. But he's mostly I've, sour grapes. I was going to say, I struggle to find any kind of levity in the movie. One of my notes is, like, this movie is relentless. And, like, it is. And it's... in. That's not necessarily a negative criticism because if you're setting a tone, I mean, this movie's <laughs> this movie's got strange dark tones that I wouldn't always put together as like my main meal. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put squid ink and uh, chervil as a, as a dish, but you know, we've got we've got bitter and we've got dark, and then we've got some uh, some sci-fi elements in there too. That's your uh, paprika or something. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's what well, I put paprika on everything. Well, oh. all meat. Oh, okay. Uh, then um, pepperoncinis. How about that? Ooh, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, it could be weird, yeah. but it could be good. And you're not eating. No, squids are fine. It's octopuses that you don't eat anymore, mm-hmm. right? No more octopus. For squids me. are brainless beasts. You can eat them all yeah, you want. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them fish. <laughs> cephalopods whatever <laughs> what was he saying uh that the ingredients of this film aren't something you'd eat every oh, day oh, oh, oh yeah 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 so um uh, i forgot something about the feeling of it like it can go uh, even though it's not if there's no levity really uh it, it does sort of like morph between like domestic angst and then weird uh sort of sci-fi horror <laughs> Yeah, and at least those are two great tastes that you don't often see together. Yeah, like but are semi-analogous. I could kind of see it. Yeah, y- yeah. You don't usually see domestic drama paired up with some sort of sci-fi or horror like this. Yeah. So I mean, just for that, I'm giving it points for originality. Like, you know, this movie is, if anything, a, a unique one. <laughs> Definitely. But like, I actually saw, I mean, maybe we should put a pin in it, but like when she finally does, we do see her in a tryst with the squid beast. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of uh, the sex scene in uh, Naked Lunch, the David Cronenberg movie. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, this is 10 years prior. So it's like, I bet he was influenced by it. And see, I, when I watched this, I was like, this looks like an obvious influence on Antichrist. Oh, yeah. Because, like, that's also one about, like, marital discord, one that, like, sort of transforms into, like, horror. Not really sci-fi, but you even sent me a uh, Chaos Reigns gif earlier today. (laughs) Well, it just felt like that's where we're at. (laughs) And in that one, you know, we've got a woman going through some... Putting on a performance, I'll say, Mm -hmm. like, of some sort of mental... Well, what happened? In the tunnel? <laughs> In the tunnel. I mean... So... Wh- this is the aforementioned scene that uh, the director said was talking about, like, this isn't any worse than uh, pretending, to be, pretending to be attracted to Michael Douglas. So just keep that in mind. I mean... I'm trying to figure out the right angle to, to go in on this one. I mean, it's a scene. Like, you remember it. Mm. Like, if you only remember a, a handful of things, this is one of them. Performance is... 
intense. It's very intense, and well, like I, I guess I'm struggling to like even think of like a movie before or after that has a scene like this, especially for a woman. Like you, you can see men have freakouts like this, sure, but I don't think that women get this opportunity. And very often, may, maybe Isabella was like, "Yeah, and I'm gonna like grab onto this opportunity with both hands." Yeah, like. You know, this is another thing. You don't want to do too many takes of this one. Oh, my God. I can't imagine more than, like, three. I mean, she's got that bag full of groceries because she's got to, like, splatter, like, the milk and stuff all over the wall. But just Which the looks way... great. Yeah. And I was not I was not expecting it. So Super good. Great. But just, like, the way that, like, she kind of, like, undulates, sort of like she's possessed. Like, it kind of, like, has, like, a exorcism vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, it's, like, hinting at that. But, I mean, it's... It's not one long shot, but it's sort of a series of fairly long shots of her just having this breakdown in an alley or a tunnel or something. It's a subway tunnel, yeah. And it sort of culminates with her melting. (laughs) So I've read uh, in the 45 minutes I had to read about this. I read that it was uh, a miscarriage, and then I also read that she gave birth to something. So it's like two opposite things, pretty much. <laughs> well, because like she, when she talks about it, she suggests that it was like a miscarriage, and like this was like her like reaction, or or maybe it was like the the actual like uh, when it happened. Uh-huh. But then they also sort of imply that like the thing that she gave birth to is this like squid monster. Oh, which turned into the clone Sam Neil. Yeah. Mark? Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where I went. Because, yeah, it's like all of her, like, anger and frustration and, like, self-loathing and loathing for, for Mark, like, manifested itself. Because it's like <laughs> she starts to tell a story and then, like, it flashes back to, like, this this point in time and then, like, it comes back. Like, we just realize, like, she's telling the story of this meltdown. Right, yeah. And everything that she's, like, unhappy with or that's making her unhappy, like, f- manifests itself physically in this sort of situation. That, you know what? That makes sense if it is the clone mark at the end because he is sort of everything that she wanted that regular mark isn't well so the so out of this breakup she's getting out of like the pain of this breakup she's finding what she somebody well, knew who's <laughs> now we're getting into like cerebral mat here so like okay like she births this like weird squid monster octopus and like but still like has sex with it like even though it's just like blood and weird tentacles and shapes ooh, ooh infant infantilizing sex with inf- and the guy okay go ahead <laughs> well it's at the end we get the the the, the Sam Neil clone the Mark clone but he also has his shirt unbuttoned all the way to the navel like Heinrich like Heinrich and to me I'm like she likes Sam Neil like she's physically attracted to him and, like, he's the right type for, like, a husband for, like, a woman like her. But, but not the person. R- there might be things about Heinrich, like, personality-wise that she's emotionally attracted to. 
And so while this clone looks like Mark, it has character attributes of Heinrich. Like, that's what I thought, like, the unbuttoning of the shirt was supposed to refer to. So it's like she purged all this, like, self-loathing and, like, turned it into, like, her perfect lover in a way. Or or maybe not even lover, just, like, paramour, like, partner. That's what I read on it this time. I like it. And as we're talking about this, uh, Mark has sort of an idealized version of Anna the, with the teacher. Yeah, the yeah, the one that is Isabel and Johnny in uh, what was that on her head? Oh, I believe that's what you'd call a wig. <laughs> also, yeah, because then like she comes over and gets naked and she's like, "You don't have to have sex with me." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I wasn't trying to." <laughs> yeah, they like, have like a carefree sort of lighthearted. Yeah, and she's so good with Bob and does the dishes <laughs> um so they both sort of get although his or maybe his um you know equivalent scene to her in the tunnel is like that scene that we get of him in the hotel room where he's like nasty and sweating through his sport coat and like falling off the bed and oh cause, un- yeah it's not long after that that he actually goes to the school yeah. and like sees so he's sort the of teacher he sort of bir- that's what his birthing scene of her looks like and sure. then he he beats her to it, and then she has her own sort of birthing scene. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I'm liking uh, yeah. this. This is all right. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about a movie like Possession is, like, there's no hard, literal things. Like, we can kind of project onto it how we will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, I, but I like it. Like, yeah, if him having that breakdown in the hotel, like, gave birth to uh, Helen, I think was the teacher's name, mm-hmm. that's this sort of idealized version of Anna, you know, she's, you know, school mar, more virginal, more, you know, classically nurturing, more classically domestic, where the real life Anna, you know, she is, you know, polyamorous at best, just not wanting you around at worst. But uh, yeah, and her idealized spouse I did, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense because, like, it didn't dawn on me that there was, like, two different... Each of them had, like, a different love interest that, like, closely resembled yeah. and it each would be, other. It would be interesting that, that Mark, at first, sees his version as a monster, but then at the end of the movie, that's when he realizes he's not a monster, he's just a different version of me. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... You know, you know what I mean? Like, because when he catches them, uh, in flagrant delicado, oh. <laughs> ooh the la, <laughs> that's you know, sort of what he's imagining. It's like his worst nightmare coming true, and then like he finds out that his worst nightmare is just like a person that's like a version of him. Yeah, I mean that would suck. Like if someone's cheating on you and they're just cheating on you with like a better version of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, okay. I like this. Well, because th- when he catches her and she like looks at him, she keeps saying almost. Almost. <laughs> Part of me is like, oh, she's almost there. Like she's she's like about to come, and of course, like the whole thing at the beginning is like he couldn't satisfy her sexually. Like he jammed it up the pee hole and. I guess this thing with all its tentacles is is getting that puss just right. But it's also could be it's the going like, wide and deep. 
<laughs> it could be that it's like it's almost you. Like it's yeah. it, he's almost ready. Like yeah. he, he's almost there. But it also kind of speaks like the way that I I read it watching it last night was that she might not like Mark the person, but there was something that attracted her to him to begin with. Right. Like in any relationship. Exactly. When you're at the end of it, you can't figure out why you even started this journey. Sure. But like she's kept like his physical appearance. I mean, you were talking about how hot Sam Neill is in this one. And it's like. I'll keep talking about it. <laughs> so she's like, we'll keep his attractiveness, but we'll give him a little bit of like Heinrich's suaveness. Yeah. His jujitsu skills. His jiu-jitsu Probably. Skills. We don't see that, but. No, I, I like that read on it, though. That I like it, too, and I just came up with Well, we came up with it. I feel like we worked it out together. Yeah, we workshopped it, yeah. Uh, and you know what? This uh, works. This keeps working because near the end, there's uh, that scene of the dog dead in the river, yeah. which gets mirrored with the kid running to oh, drown in himself the in the bathtub. Yeah. And so... They're both a victim of the split. Like the dog is is dies because of the split of Berlin. I'm assuming. I'm guessing. Yeah. And so the kid is sort of a victim of this. You know, because yeah, the guards on the wall shot the dog. Yeah. And yeah, the kid like throws himself in the bathtub because of of like he because he doesn't want a new daddy. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. But no, there, I mean, there's something there. Yeah. There, yeah. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that's real good. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Maybe we should always just like I should just watch it an hour before and then we'll talk it out. I mean, there's weird things in that last half. Like when Clone Mark comes to the door, like he's not yeah. just like waiting patiently by the door. Like he's like embracing the door. Like his arms are like pressed against it. It's like is he trying to freak me out here? <laughs> yeah, and it's not. He's coming for Helen. Like he's at Helen's place. Oh yeah. Which, I mean, maybe, yeah, ultimately it's like the kid, Bob, is like, you're not my mommy, you're not my daddy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where to go with that. But Yeah. But no, I mean, there, there's something there. I mean, I mean, th- this movie, like, every scene, there's something to, like, chew on. Like, it, it, it's not, I mean, we might not even be, like, getting at, at what the director intended in all this, but... It's just like every scene, there's there's something meaningful in it. Yeah. It's a super... Uh, I, I mean, I was going to come in here, and if you asked me if I liked it or not, I was just going to have to say, I don't think I understand it enough to answer that question because it's an emotional movie, and I don't think emotional movies necessarily have to make sense all the way. I mean, Morver and Collar is the one I always turn to. It's, it's a well, super... Well, I mentioned this last week. I had this on my short list for uh, when I was doing the, the art house stuff. Oh. Like, years and years ago. It and would then, fit in. Yeah, no, it would totally fit in. But you chose Upstream Color, and I was like, oh, I feel like art as relationship drama is kind of, like, you're, you're choosing something in that lane already. Okay. okay. Uh, so I, I put this one on the back burner, but then when Alex Romero sent that clip, I was like, oh, I need to move this one up. Like, yeah, it must have been, like, September, because I was like, oh, we got Schlocktoberfest, uh, and then we got all this Christmas stuff, and then January off. I was like, the earliest we're going to get to this is February, but it was like, this episode falls very close to Valentine's Day. I was like, now or never, Matt. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to do it when we're close to Valentine's Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I mean... 
our interpretation that we're talking about here is not the mo- I mean everybody dies but it's not the the darkest interpretation because it's like you it kind of shows that you do move on from like even though the the old versions of them died their new versions live on yeah I get yeah okay kind of kind of kind of kind of I mean that is true like you know what, what what do they say like you can almost always live with the consequences that mm-hmm. was that just from angels in america i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they went through this like you know the worst separation that two people can oh probably God. go through although i gotta say like like as much as it pains me to say this i think anna isabella on johnny is the worst parent here like she should not be granted custody of that kid i don't think so either like she's going off for you know perhaps days at a time to have sex with this squeeze tentacle monster yeah mm-hmm. which like when they show it in the bed like the first full scene like that bed is soaked in something yeah and it's all over the floor like pretty gross they figured out some viscous fluid that looks really tangible on screen like i don't know sometimes when something's just like wet it doesn't look wet in a movie like you, you get the idea but like this looked like wet this looked like and someone took a greasy. bucket of j lube and just yeah. like threw it all over the bed colored j lube yeah it was like white and red and, and green clear a little and bit just <sighs> yeah and i like that you don't exactly get the full idea of what the squid monster thing looks like kind of looks like a squid tree even a little bit i don't know well, yeah, like it's like it's like a uh, groot but with tentacles it is a little bit like groot yeah i'm groot even just saying that i'm still like i don't feel like i have a clear vision of what yeah because i mean it's much like. more languid than groot and just like when she walks in and like she looks so clean and proper and she's like oh he's tired he made love to me all last night and it's just this like weird flopping collection of tent like bloody tentacles yeah and there's something about the dichotomy of like her like with her pale skin and black hair looking so clean versus this like amorphous like sewn together tentacle like bloody tentacles that it's just it's quite the pairing of images. Yeah. I wanted to bring up something to change the subject. Yeah, go for it. Or how about this? Speaking of wet, writhing bodies, there are... You're telling me that you're your boyfriend? <laughs> There's a gay couple in this movie. Wait, where? Uh, the two detectives, aren't they? Are they? Well, I put a question mark by this note because... When the first one goes missing... The second one's real upset. Yeah, and he says something about because he's... I think he says we're roommates. Or we live together, I think is what he says. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, oh, he has a personal interest in this because they're lovers? Or it's just his rent ticket. Oh. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) It's like January 28th. He's like, I need fucking rent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to help me find this guy. And he pulls in half the commissions in this. Yeah. I don't know. That that was the read I got on it because it seemed like an impassioned, we need to find him. I'm worried about him. A little attractiveness disparity, though, if you ask me. I think they were both kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, Yeah, neither of them were lookers, but like, I don't know, one at least. 
it's halfway presentable. Hey, takes all kinds. Sure, sure, sure. But it's East Berlin, so who knows? Exactly. But, you know, it could have been like a, a Heinrich and Heinrich situation where it's like, we live together. <laughs> we touch each other's nipples, but never have sex. <laughs> Heinrich and Heinrich. Did you ever watch that sitcom? No. <laughs> Super it was a good, spin-off of this movie. Super good mid eighties uh German sitcom about these two men who live together and they pretend they're gay to get a discount on rent. <laughs> Start uh Bruno Gans mm-hmm. and um Udo Kier. Yeah. Oh god. I would I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, it's a good show. Only ran for three seasons, but mm. uh I don't know, I thought that was interesting interesting thing to throw in there oh no yeah i didn't pick that up though but i mean that nothing's off limits in this movie like yeah there's no <laughs> there's no lines in the sand there's no oh that that would be too much <laughs> there was a moment when i was kind of like a little pissed at one point i was like i wish matt would have prepared me a little more for what I was coming in for but that's like i don't think you can like i don't even know how you would wait why would you want me to do that isn't the fun of these things you go in fresh I guess, but you know, it was like the five bloods where I'm like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh man, this is a war movie. We're going to see people blow up and shit. I don't want that. I need to know. I need like to steal myself well, a little like, bit. There are trailers out there. Oh, so it's my fault, huh? <laughs> You're not a victim ed- here. I should Ryan. have educated myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are resources available. This is a, a movie of some acclaim and esteem. Isabel Anjani won, like, Best Actress at Cannes that year. Good. I mean, okay, so, yeah, let's just say good performances all around. I like. Oh, yeah. I like Sam Neill a lot, and this might be my favorite performance of his. And I liked Isabel Anjani quite a bit. Just he got good performances out of these people. Yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it on this second watch more than my first. I think, A, being prepared, like, might help you, but, like... If I had warned you, and I mean, you saw that clip that Alex shared. That's true. I knew like, she, well, as soon as she started swinging around, I was like, oh, she's going to melt soon. <laughs> Watching it the second time, let me kind of focus on little details like the camera work. There, there is one scene where they're fighting that's probably halfway into the movie, and they're just like in the hallway. But it's like they keep just like moving back and forth while fighting. Like she's trying to go and he pulls her back. And like, uh-huh. it's this back and forth for a while. And the camera is like following them, like over just like the space of like 10 feet. But then like the, there's one point where the camera keeps moving and they stay. And you were talking about how it's like a little dizzying sometimes. Like that scene like threw me off. Like, even though this is very simple camera technique of just following actors going back and forth in a, 10 foot space like when they stop moving and the camera keeps moving i was like oh blah. like it like like trip me up like when you think there's gonna be another stare and there's not yeah, yeah 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 a lot of that yeah a lot of that going on but it's hard to prepare someone for this because I, I don't think you could have i even heard that like isabella and johnny has sex with an octopus before i'd seen this movie initially and it really doesn't prepare you for, like, what actually happens in that scene. Yeah. Or just, like, what the op- octopus thing looks like. Yeah. Or what it represents. Yeah. Because there's an emotional element to that, too. Yeah. 
What a weird thing. <laughs> I'm glad this movie exists, and uh, yeah, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. Thoughts? Any other things you want to bring up? I mean, probably lots of stuff, but, uh, you know, I think I've exhausted the big points. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. Uh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, well, what do we got coming up next week, then? I have two minds, Matt. I have two minds. I don't know if I want to keep us in our uh, January, February tough movie fair like we did last year. Or if I want to just take us into a nice uh, light viewing area. All right, I've consulted with myself. I'm going with light. I'm going to do a movie that I know is on your list. It's on my list. And uh, we've already done a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer this season, so let's do it. Dangerous Liaisons. Oh, my God. This isn't light, though. I mean, it is and it isn't, but... Uh, Stephen Frears. You know, think because I mentioned this a while back, I think in November in one of my picks, but I was just like, I need to start getting these like serious bucket list movies off. And I was this close to choosing Dangerous Liaisons as my Valentine's Day movie. Look at that. See, we're on the same page. I mean, really, the only reason that I, I chose Possession was just like, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Dangerously Liaisons, I can give you a Stephen Frears movie any day of the week and you'll do it. It's the easiest it's the easiest thing to watch. It's like butter. So yeah, no, we were we were this close to doing it this week. <laughs> well, see, we're like, uh, you know, we're cycling together at yeah. this point. But oh, no, no, I've been aching to re- rewatch this one for a long, long time. I get the urge to watch it, like, every couple months and then i never do like since trying the podcast i never do because i'm like we gotta do it for the podcast we'll finally scratch that itch for you yeah it's gonna be a good one john malkovich michelle pfeiffer glenn close when was the last time we did a glenn close movie i don't think we've ever done one ever i don't think so we've done john malkovich we've done michelle pfeiffer mm-hmm. have we done keanu oh no i don't think so have we done uma pulp fiction Pulp Fiction, okay, yeah. yeah. I remember reading the book for in college, and then we watched the movie, and, and just being like so satisfied with how good a movie interpretation of the book it is. Because the book is all, we'll get into it, the book is all letters. It's just an epistolary novel. Oh, okay. So it's like letters written between characters. And just the way that the letters are introduced, but still showing action that people write about, it's just, it's well done. Okay. So, and, you know... I love Stephen Frears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love Stephen Frears. Uh, he's he's the you over there defending Philomenia and Florence Foster Jenkins. He's the king of middlebrow cinema. <laughs> oh wow! Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, it should be fun. We've been threatening to do it for ages. Uh, let's get it in before two hundred. Yeah. Uh, good. 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 Very glad. Very glad. Great. Um, so how about we plug our junk and get the fuck out of here okay you've gone to our Patreon already because we told you to do that right at the beginning of the episode and you've already left us a review we told you to do that right after the Patreon thank you so like you know we've already used that money to rent Dangerous Liaisons from 
canopy or wherever. Uh-huh. So now we are instructing you to reach out to us via social media, like our Twitter account, which is X-Rated Movies. You're going to put a drop of uh, personal Jesus and reach out and touch us. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> reach out, touch us. Wait, what did you just plug? I plugged our Twitter account. Okay, uh, email to uh, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. And you can reach us at the email. Or is that what you just That's said? Just... <laughs> this sucks. You can uh, Facebook. Did you say that yet? I didn't. Okay, that's rated X movies. Uh, and uh, you can always go to our website. It's got lots of stuff there. Helps you navigate things. Ever expanding X-rated universe. X-ratedmovies.com. I think that's all of our stuff. I think so. Unless you want to give us money directly via Venmo, my name is at Ryan Whedon. Matt's is at Slutburger76. Is that right? Yeah. I chose your birth year instead of mine. Well, 76 because you're so patriotic. (laughs) Yeah. I chose the centennial, birth of our nation. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Thanks for listening to our possession episode. It's over now. Yeah. (laughs) Dangerously is going to be a good tonic to this one. Perfect, perfect. Um, Until then, keep reaching for that rainbow. Bye. Bye. Bye.